Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. you're like, I'm not sold on that. Go watch the TEDx talk and then you can decide if that's what you want for your child. Um, Because it's sad to me. It's openly, it's very sad to me. And it's one of the things that I feel very called to do in life is to have these conversations about, there's all this medical research. There's 2,200 medical studies validating using laughter in medicine and all of the things that it does physically for a child and for the patient. And why are we so uncomfortable talking about that? Welcome back to part two of my conversation with my good friend, Terry Garrity. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, you need to stop this now and go back so you can hear all about Clubhouse, Pediatric Playground, and how to connect with others. As I mentioned in part one, Tara and I talked about so much I had to break it into two. In this second half of the podcast, Tara shares with us her experience raising her daughter Emily while undergoing treatment for stage four high-risk childhood cancer. And we learn more about Clubhouse. Stay tuned to the end of this for a special message about how you can join Clubhouse and start connecting with others. about my experience as a mom who has a child with cancer and my experience and your experience, even though we did it together are two different experiences. And, and, you know, I don't think of herself like, really, I'm going to pay you. You're eating, you're, you're eating your royalties. Like (laughs) like, that's your job feeding you child. I'm paying for your health. But when she said that, but it made me really stop and think that we would have to, if she wrote a book, it would be a very different book Mm -hmm. because her book would be the experience of the child. Mm And that's very different than the mama who's protecting the child, who, who understands, particularly if you have a little child like Ollie, who doesn't understand anywhere what you understand about cancer. Right. And it is, it is a completely unique experience. That's that. Yes. you, You both had it at the same time, but Jackie, your experience will never be Ollie's experience. Thank goodness. And thank goodness. Thank goodness. And it's also okay that you can acknowledge that you know, this was something that changed me. Oh yeah. And I will never be that same person again. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. There's a lot of gifts in there, but it changed me differently than it changed my daughter. Yeah. And it's funny because even though that he will never uh, fully understand, you know, what all the emotions that I felt and stuff, there are so many times where I, and, and this is just me reflecting on it now, there are so many times where I'm so in his world 
even before Leah was born, I was so in his world where I kind of forgot about all the medical stuff. And I was just so focused on him, his emotion, what he needed. Like, I didn't really have time to process like, oh my goodness, like there could be worst case scenario. I just, my mind never went there because I was so focused on what he needed in that moment at that time in that survival mode. And to be honest, I kind of think that that helped me through it because if I let my mind spiral, I probably, it was probably blinders. Yeah, it was blinders and, and that's what I needed. And, and that's the, you know, it kind of worked out in a favor for me, but, Mm -hmm. um, And the good thing is my husband, when he's, you know, up, I'm kind of down and we can kind of play off of each other. But, um, but yeah, I think the blinders, like you said, Terry, just, you just straight arrow, just what do we need to do? What's the next step? And then, you know, we'll reach the finish line and then knowing the finish line is not really the finish line, but it's a milestone. Yeah. And it'll be interesting for you to see too, when you were talking about the, like the tears and the weight of the elephant because I felt like for me, you know, when you get that diagnosis, it's at least for me, I felt like I was literally levitating out of my body for a good solid two weeks, just in shock, just shock, like complete shock. Mm -hmm. And there was no time to really process. It was boom into survival mode. Mm -hmm. And when it was all over, and not that it's all over, but you know, when we're no longer in active treatment is probably the more appropriate thing to say. Right. It, it took a while, but then all of a sudden my brain started to process everything that had happened. Yeah. And that was a long process of like, what the heck just happened, you know, um, and giving yourself grace and space that there's going to be a grieving process, mm-hmm. a grieving process. And I remember, you know, years later, I only have Emily, so I don't have another child. And, mm-hmm. and it was a few years later and we had, we had moved back to Jersey and it was at, it was at Christmas time. And I remember exactly, I was sitting in the chair in my mom's house and my sister-in-law and my brother were there with their two little kids. And they were talking about, I think for Christmas, somebody had gotten them like karate lessons or something. And she was talking about, oh, we got, you know, they, what they had asked for, for Christmas were things like a zoom membership and karate lessons and kids, because they were all, they were little, they were under five. Yeah. And all of a sudden I like started crying Mm. and I was like, you know, I didn't realize what I missed. Yeah. Like I never got to have that with my kiddo. I never got to have like, oh, they're there. Those years before kindergarten where you go to, you know, like music class and like the zoo and, and normal and, and whatever it is that you do with kids at three years old, four years old. I don't know. Cause all I did with the earth, those age was playing a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Now there are gifts from there. I think that Emily and I are, are much closer than maybe we would have been had we not had that time together. And there's a lot of gifts that I got from that season but you don't know what you don't know. And it was like, all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I'll never get to do those normal things with her. And she'll never have had gotten to do those normal things. It's such a loss. It's such And that was like, years, right? Yeah. And I'm like crying at Christmas. I'm like, I never got to go to go zoo with her. And, and I should say, we went to the zoo and we did music classes, but not to the extent of like, you know how kids, like most parents, when their kids go to kindergarten, they cry and they're right. all upset that there's the first day of kindergarten. And I will tell you for me, yeah. The first day that she went to kindergarten, I just felt nothing but relief. Yeah. I felt relief that I, I was trying to deal with getting her out of treatment. You know, I had this child full time, was going through this the, the domestic violence divorce. I, I was taking like 
I was alone. I had no family out by me really much of in Colorado. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, somebody is going to watch this child for three hours a day that I don't have to pay. Mm. Like I felt relief. And then I felt super guilty. Mm. I felt super guilty that I felt such relief. So that's where I think as parents, we just have to have so much grace that our, our experiences, particularly as a cancer parent, they're not normal. They're not normal experiences. Nothing prepares you for it. And whatever this roller coaster is of emotion, it's all okay. Yeah. Like it's all okay. However you feel. And there will probably be feelings that resurface as you come out of treatment and later on, simply because you didn't have time to process them Mm -hmm. because you were in the middle of the fight. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I tell my husband, I'm like, I take a long time to process things. Like I go in, I go in my mind. I need to be quiet. I need to shut down in order to allow myself the, the, the quiet just to listen. And we were talking about meditation before we hopped on the call. And so, and I know we're kind of like going in a roundabout way, but one of the tips that I have been doing is this amazing app called expectful app. And I started, yeah, I started it and it's like a prenatal meditation. Um, but they have different categories. I think I paid like five bucks for it and they have different categories, motherhood, NICU, parent, um, uh, postpartum and then uh, pregnancy, obviously. Oh, very cool. And so within it, there are different um, meditations that are centered towards, you know, during pregnancy, okay, week, you know, 25 or whatever, and a special meditation focused on just oh, that. And you can choose five minutes, 10 minutes or 15. Now every morning, no matter how the morning is, Ollie's eating his breakfast and I'm nursing the baby. I just take five minutes and I do a confidence, you know, meditation, just five minutes. Cause I know 10 minutes is kind of pushing it. I'm probably getting it interrupted. Even in five minutes, I get interrupted. But if I can get that under my belt, like first thing right in the morning, I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I did, I filled up my own cup today so that yeah. I can be the best caregiver. And if I don't do that, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. We got to like, Ollie, yeah. come do the meditation with me. Yeah. So, um, so that's been, that's been wonderful. Just like taking that minute to just process, like, oh, I love I'm it. so grateful to be at home right now. I'm so grateful. And we, Sarah, Terry, you were talking about gratitude earlier again, just like, I'm so grateful that, you know, I have my son right here with me and my other son in my arms and I can be home and I'm not in the hospital. And, and even just like you said, finding those little nuggets, like, oh, yay, they have a special cookie in the hospital. I remember doing that. Like, yay, they have ice cream. Like, oh my gosh, it's a big deal. And, and that was, oh, gratitude. that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, I don't know if you know this, but the whole reason I ended up with the book was it started with a gratitude list. I just started listing things that I was grateful for because it was such a, can I say this as a podcast? It was such a shit show in the week that she got diagnosed and all of these other things that were happening. And, um, I know what you focus on gets bigger, right? That's how our brains work. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I need to refocus first, like quick. And so I just started doing a grateful journal Mm -hmm. and I put it on Facebook as an accountability. Yeah. And then people started following it. And it was crazy. Like people started following it. And then a friend, a few months later, he's like, I'm going to put a blog for you. So you can put this all into a blog. And, and that's ultimately that little seed is what turned into, into ultimately the book. I actually have pages of the gratitude journal in the book, but, um, it changed me it, that practice. So what you're doing every day, I love that, that practice, cause it changed me. And it's something that I still 
use, uh, and I'll give you an example, uh, two weeks ago, maybe it was not, it was probably a week ago, Emily and I literally I was driving her to school and we were, oh my gosh, I was, I was losing it. I was angry. She said something and I was yelling at her. And, and I know when you're in the middle of cancer treatment, you're like, I will never lose my shit with my kid because I just so Everything grateful. That through, yeah. I thought that would be me. Mm. Not so. I was like, ah! Right, human. You're human. Yeah, and and as I dropped her off at school and I left, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was the biggest parenting fail. I feel so horrible. I can't believe I yelled at her." And then I thought to myself, "All right, Tara, be grateful that you yelled at her. Be grateful that she is here, driving you crazy to get yelled at." Right. (laughs) I don't think you should ever yell at your kids. I don't think anybody deserves to be yelled at. But I was like just be grateful that, that she's 15, going to be 15 years old. And, and she's at an age now where she can drive you crazy because you didn't think she was going to be old enough to drive you crazy. And so Mm -hmm. just be grateful that, that you feel this irritated. Mm -hmm. So it's something that if you can start now, will like serve you your whole life. And I think that's so beautiful that you're doing that. I don't know that app. That sounds very cool. Oh yeah. I love it. And and I would ever have another, I'm not having any more babies, but if you are, that sounds like a great, but like I said, there's a section for motherhood and it's confidence building. Um, uh, there's just so many, so many little categories that you can log into. So and it's wonderful because it's right on your phone. Like it's not, you know, it's not like you have to go on, um, you know, the web or anything, but, but I mean, also with gratitude, when the time is right, like there's a time to be mad and there's a time to be frustrated and there's a time to cry, but when the time is right. And when you feel in your heart that you're ready to approach gratitude or even, you know, start thinking about something that you're grateful for, even water, um, and, and that's one of my other goals is just to drink more water. One of my friends, um, here's a little plug. My, one of my friends, Adriana, who's the ah. founder of family chemotherapy. I just remember what she said. Just, I was just drink my water, drink my water. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that too. I'm home all day. I need to drink more water. And it really has helped me a lot. So thank you, Adriana, if you're listening. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so. she's actually, she is also, just so you know, she is also one of the members for rooms in uh, in the pediatric playground. She yeah. is one of the, the moderator people. So yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Honestly, like I, even though that this is like the, I, I hate being a part of this club, Tara. I have found the most amazing women that have just been so empowering. I'm just so grateful that I've been connected with you and, and your book, Making Cancer Fun. For anyone that's listening, um, please go check out makingcancerfun.com. Yep, this is makingcancerfun.com. Yep. And like I said, I, I found Tara like two weeks into my son's diagnosis and it just changed the whole trajectory, my whole mindset around his treatment. And I just want to thank you so much for that. So anybody that's listening, go check that out. Um, it's a wonderful resource. And if you, you know, even if you just get it and then you keep it on the bookshelf for a little bit, and then you go back to it. Um, I of course read it cover to cover, had my highlighter was bookmarking everything. (laughs) That's just how I am. But I, I felt like it was some sense of control that I could have in a world that I had no control over anything that was happening. 
on and it was an anchor for me. And so I, I really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much. And if you're not totally sold, I'm like, okay, this girl's lost her mind. You cannot make cancer fun. Two things. I'm not saying cancer is fun. It's not. All I'm saying is that you can make it fun and you get to choose. Right. And there's a ton of medical research that backs that up. So if you don't believe that, and you go to the website, you'll actually see my TEDx talk there, which really gets into why it's really important that we use fun as a coping tool for children, particularly children going through pediatric cancer. So I will throw that out there. If you're like, I'm not sold on that, go watch the mm-hmm. TEDx talk, and then you can decide if that's what you want for your child. Um, because it's, it's sad to me. It's openly, it's very sad to me. And it's one of the things that I feel very called to do in life is to have these conversations about there's all of this medical research. There's 2,200 medical studies validating using laughter in medicine and all of the things that it does physically for a child and for the patient. And why are we so uncomfortable talking about that? Why are we so uncomfortable putting fun and, and things that are so normal for kids? They come from a world where they're laughing and they're playing and they're giggling and they're being kids. And we totally rip them out of that and put them in a hospital room where nobody's allowed to laugh. Nobody's allowed to giggle because it's inappropriate, mm-hmm. right? I, it, it's heartbreaking. And, and I will tell you, I recently, I recently had surgery and I was in the pre-op section and I was not in a children's hospital. So I'll preface that I wasn't in a children's hospital and there was this little girl. She must've been maybe like nine and she was getting ready for surgery and they were prepping her and they have to put the IV in. And I will say the nurses were very nice. They were nurses. They were not child life specialists. They were nurses. Mm -hmm. They were very kind. They were very patient, but this child was hysterical and she was crying and I'm sitting there with my mask. And and because of HIPAA laws, I can't go over and be like, can we change how you're doing this? I can get this kid to have an IV and I will make it fun. Like this is not, this should not be happening. This nine-year-old should not be being traumatized because she has to get an IV. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I saw the nurses doing, I'm like, that might work with an adult, but that's not going to work with a kid. You're actually making it scarier. Yeah. Um, and it was not because it, it, they were, it was not like these were bad nurses. It's just that they, nobody knows how to do this. Sure. Like we don't, it's not normal to be like, how do we make a needle fun? Right. Sure. And my heart, I have to tell you, it was so difficult Jackie, sitting there because I, I wanted to yeah. jump out of my chair and intervene. And I'm like, I don't think they're going to let me do that. They're going to be like crazy lady over here. And between that and having the mask, you can't even see my face, Yeah. you know? Um, and it was just a reminder of like, okay, this message needs to be spread because this does not need to happen. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and I tell you, Tara, like it actually helped me a lot more to think like, cause I'm very analytical. I'm very like straight arrow. I, I, I actually have to work at making it a lot more fun. So it actually helped me a lot more to think about, okay, what can I do intentionally to make it mm-hmm. more fun? And Hold on one sec. I just got to go. Ryan just came with the baby. Hold on one sec. Oh, you see the baby. We love to see babies. I'm like, show me the baby. I want to see the baby. Oh. Oh. A little baby, a little Ollie baby brother. Hey, Leo. All right. Hey, Leo. Leo's made so many appearances on this podcast, huh? 
So, um, so yeah, it actually helped me to think intentionally, like, okay, what can we do to make this fun for him? Um, and, and it was a nice distraction too, from, from all the, you know, stuff that it was just like, I don't even want to think about, you know, what's next for him. Let's just focus on the next party or like last night we made cupcakes to celebrate, you know, his last spinal treatment. Um, and that was so much fun. He loved putting the, um, sprinkles on and, you know, it was like a, it was just fun. So, um, that's so, like being yeah. a normal kid. Yeah. Being right? normal. Like we mm-hmm. want to create as many normal experiences in this completely abnormal world. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, my daughter and, and she was talking about this with, you know, uh, Taylor and Laura, I mean, she definitely remembers some of the really horrific stuff that she went through, which it surprises people. Cause they're like, you were three years old and she does remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, but my hope is that she remembers more of the fun things and yeah. that on a deeper subconscious level, her body and her spirit will remember more of that stuff, mm-hmm. even if she doesn't in her head. Um, and I will say that the way she, the way she talks about cancer, and I think this is, you know, hopefully true for most kids is that it's just like, oh yeah, I had cancer. It really isn't what it, it's not as triggering as it is for you or me or for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and then that's so true too. Like, I feel like if I was an outsider looking into it, I would be more scared because it's unknown. And I, I know so much about it. I know so much about leukemia, about the whole cancer world that it's not scary to me. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is what we do. This is yeah. how we're dealing with it. And I was talking with a child life specialist um, yesterday or two days ago during Ollie's spinal treatment that I really appreciate the way that they just make it normal. Like, this is, this is how we do it. This is how we do the treatment. This is how we do the procedure. And they just normalize it. They level the field. So it's not like this scary unknown thing. They explain what's going to happen. And actually Ollie, he's so funny. He is into hardcore, like heavy metal music right now. What? (laughs) Okay, back this up. My thing is for a child that age, where did he hear the it's all appropriate no bad words but when he works out with my husband like they listen to like a hardcore heavy metal music this is so adorable they're doing push-ups together and as Ollie's coming out of you know coming off of anesthesia I have my phone and I'm like okay would you like to listen to twinkle twinkle little star you know normal stuff for a four-year-old he goes no mommy I want to listen to great Malenko which is insane clown posse I'm like Oh my gosh. Okay. So, cause it's his I new favorite video song. of this. I want to video He's hilarious. <laughs> little one working out to hardcore metal music. How many of you, we all want videos to see this. He, he absolutely loves it. And so I'm like, okay, well, there's no swears in it. Like, okay. And he goes, mama, I just, I just play great Malenko. And I'm like, okay. And I asked him, I'm like, why do you love it? And he goes, because it's like a Halloween song. Cause Halloween is his uh... favorite holiday. And I asked him, I said, why do you like Halloween so much? And he said, you can be whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, well that makes sense. You know? So, oh, so it. he loves Halloween because you can be whatever you want. So at the end of treatment, I'm planning to do a car parade and it's going to be Halloween theme and everybody can dress up and 
<gasps> That's going to be so fun. fun. You have to share that. So we yeah. can have making cancer fun. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's totally going to be so much that. fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, and I think Ali is too. And you can be yeah. whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. And I'm like, That's you know so what? Beautiful. You are so right. You could be whatever you want. And you know what? His imaginary friends, you know who they are? Ghost and skeleton. <laughs> Oh my God. Two imaginary friends. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. So, so it has been really nice to, like I said, like I'm, I feel like I'm very serious a lot and, and it's been nice to kind of allow myself to laugh in this dark time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting when my editor said, I want you to include workbook pages for parents to be able to take these tools and apply them to their situation. And I was like, I, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. And she's like, you'll figure it out. And and I have to say in retrospect, she was so smart Yeah. because sometimes we do have to stop and think mm-hmm. and be like, how can I, what can I do? How do I apply this to my child? How do I make this unique for them so that we feel like we have a little bit more of a strategy or actual real tangible tools to implement yeah. So she was totally right. I remember freaking out when she said that, but now I'm like, oh, it would not be the same book if it didn't have those yeah. workbook pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everybody can, and you can, because at one point you were four years old, mm-hmm. you know, you were a four-year-old. And so it's not about being something that you aren't. It's just reconnecting to something yes. that you were. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think it's, it's made me more in tune to his needs and really get down to his level versus looking at it from a hundred feet and looking down, but really getting right at his level and saying like, okay, you know, like I I get it. I understand. And I'm right here with you and let's, let's play. Um, So in closing, Tara, I just want to thank you so much for your time. You're so generous with your time. (laughs) You go, you go, Leo, go back to daddy. (laughs) He had like a a cameo caption. (laughs) Well, I'm going to thank you in advance for all of the great rooms that you're going to host in Pediatric Playground. I'm so excited. I'm I'm already thanking you that they are going to be great and you're going to touch so many people. And the millions and millions of people who are on that app are going to get to hear from you and be influenced by you and inspired by you. And then I'm going to also thank you in advance because I cannot wait until Ollie is about eight, eight, 10 mm-hmm. years out of treatment. And we're going to feature him as yeah. a Monday miracle kid on making yeah. cancer fun as a long-term survivor. And that will be a great, great post. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to thank you in advance for all of that. So you don't need to thank me for anything. Oh, thank you. This was so wonderful. So if any listeners want to learn more about Tara, um, check out making cancer fun. Um, Tara's voice is that your Instagram handle? Can you give us all your so, social media? Yeah. So if you go to makingcancerfun.com, the website, that'll give you, you know, access to a lot of stuff. If you go, we have an Instagram making cancer fun. Everything is making cancer fun. So the Facebook, the Instagram, all of that. And then the making cancer fun Instagram, you'll see uh, it's founded by, and it'll have my personal Instagram um, handle. And then if you're on clubhouse, it's just at Tara's voice. And if you go to my clubhouse and you scroll down to the bottom of my profile, I think it's like the fourth club listed as pediatric playground. Mm -hmm. And if anybody has not joined clubhouse and they want to join, send me a message on Instagram and I can send you, I have um, some invitations. I'll be happy to send you an invitation and you can come and join us um, on clubhouse and join any room, any club. Um, if you, you know, have an interest and you can't find a club, you can start one. 
Um, and it's just, it's such a wonderful way to connect with other people around the world. And like I said, yeah, I was doing should. dishes and doing yard work while I was on the app and it was, it was wonderful. I feel like maybe we should show, cause sometimes people will say like, what is the, the app look like? So I'll just kind of pull up what you're looking for, because I've had a few people who say like, which, which one is it? I'm in my app store. I can't find it. So give me a second. I'll pull it up. And then I will say, um, if you can't get, so this is, this is the one that you're looking for. You're looking for clubhouse, this drop in audio app with the guy that's with the what hat. it looks like. Mm -hmm. And the icon does change regularly. Um, I know there's gonna be a new icon coming up. So, but it, it's always similar. It's kind of that gray to the side. I believe, I think I, I shouldn't say that. I know that for sure. That's what I believe. I think, um, but you can look at the, that. It will look something like this. Um, but if, you know, Jackie is limited on invitations. So here's what I would say. If you can't get an invite right away, you can go into the app, you can sign up, you can secure your username. And then as people who know you have invitations, like sometimes I'll get a prompt and it will say, Hey, Jackie wants to be let in. Can you let her in? Oh, can, okay. Sure. I'll let her in. So even if you're like, I don't have an invitation yet, but you want to get on the app, at least just go in there, put your name in and get on that. Like, it's kind of like a wait list, right? Okay. That's good. So, to know. Yeah. Wonderful. Cause I'm thinking you're gonna have all these people being like, Jackie, you said you had an invitation and you'll be like, I don't have any left. <laughs> That's another way that you can. can Wonderful. Go. Oh, great information. Tara, thanks so much yeah. for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to get this out to everybody. Yeah. And well, I'm you. just so excited to watch all your communities grow and just thank you again so much. You are always welcome. Okay, if you're still listening, it means that you're now ready to join me on the Clubhouse app. Send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook for a Clubhouse invitation. I have the links in the show notes. I still have some invitations left and I'd love to send you one. Or you can hop on to www.joinclubhouse.com to get on the waitlist. Once you're on the app, join the pediatric playground by tapping on the magnifying glass in the upper left-hand corner. Then select clubs and search for Pediatric Playground to join the club. Make sure you mark your calendar for Tuesday, April 20th from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as I co-host a room with Tara herself and my friend Rosaria Kozar. Rosaria is the creator of Living with Skin Anxiety podcast and all three of us will be talking about tips and tricks for organization while caring for your child with a medical diagnosis. Can't wait to talk to you. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you got a lot of value from it. If something from this stuck with you, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me your thoughts. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. Hop on over to my website, allmommycare.com. All, A-L-L, no periods, mama, M-A-M-M-A, care, C-A-R-E.com. There, you'll be able to check out some amazing resources to help your child and your family. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.